Welcome to Research Conversations Podcast with host Vivale. Today we are speaking with members of the band Wolf Eyes. So thanks for listening. <laughs> now let me ask you, isn't a, a band too narrow of a definition for the three of you? Uh, I mean, wouldn't you call it more of a performance art multiplex group? Yeah, in, sure. Not an institution, <laughs> but yeah, a uh, 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 entity or uh, something. Like it that. makes it easier to talk to people when, uh, you know. Well, actually, that's not true. When people ask you what kind of band are you or uh, what's your music like, that it's not easy. It's never been easy. And I think <laughs> in the same way, yeah, we don't really think of ourselves like that so much, but. I don't know. Well, there's a, all right. He, um, when we uh, when we first broed down with Smegma, uh, we were go- it was our first trip out west. My my first trip with them. Uh, this was the early two thousands. Uh, we we sent on the back of a, a Smegma tape. There was an address from a whale tape, and I was like, you know what? I want to meet these guys. I'm just going to send them a postcard. Maybe they want to hang out. So when we go out, when we went out west, so we went out west. I sent them a postcard. They immediately answered back. They said, here's our address. Uh, come to our house. So we went there and we went to our house. We played with them. We had a blast. At the gig, there was like seven nude people. And we were like, what's up with that? They're like, oh, it's a smegma gig. New people, nude people show up all the time. We're like, yeah, man, cool. <laughs> so when we were driving back after playing with them in their living room, which was like this, we were super stoned out and we were like, Man, because they were playing us Lee Rocky, which is a jazz drummer that influenced them, that did paintings like that. And he was an avant bebop drummer, but he did all these tape experiments. And that's what those guys got influenced by. And we were like, well, what is he influenced by? And they're like, well, he was really influenced by the Bartok uh, string quartets and stuff like that. So when we were driving back uh, to do some gigs in San Francisco after hanging with Smegman for the first time, we were like, Man, Smegma isn't isn't a band, it's an idea. It's like a spiritual it's like you know that old sci-fi book, The Pink Cloud? It's like I know the purple cloud. The purple cloud, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like that. You know what I'm saying? It's like a like a eminence, you know, like a cultural vernacular eminence. Uh, filled with creatures and well, the, end, the end of the world. Yeah, the guy yeah. goes all over the world hoping to find another human. But they do, and they end up fighting. So it's like you know, underground AF. Wait, where was this living room for Smegma that you met? They on? had their house in Portland. It was a pink house. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, we played a gig with them, and we hung out. And uh, back then, they would use all their money they got from gigs to buy the best strain of weed they could. So we would hang out at their house, absolutely bombed to uh, Pluto and back. And they would play us these Lee Rocky recordings, this bebop drummer, that did all these experiments. They'd play the reels. So it was very, like, lineage-orientated. So that really resonated with, uh, with you know, the idea of... of uh, uh, a localized sound that affects people, and it's you know like the purple cloud. You know, that's my take on it. <laughs> I don't remember what we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> um, so not like a band, you know, like a. He was asking, "What are you if you're not a band?" Sure, sure, sure. Um, well, we're not Lee Rocky. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's strange. I guess I've always we're, I've always thought of us just as artists, you know, and it's just seems to be easy, the easiest uh, 
next to saying you're in a band, two very easy things to communicate with people and they get one away. Exactly. Yeah. You know, the idea of the entity and all these sort of lineage and, you know, that's a lot of responsibility. <laughs> you well, know? you just, I think it's like a rocket. You just take off from that. Sure, sure. But even then, I, you know, I, I, I still am getting used to human interaction, so those sort of things. <laughs> oh, that. That's, wow. You know, like, thinking about it being important to other people is still, like, far off, you know, in uh, our kind of thinking, or my thinking, and I can say that probably for us, too. Like, we've spent a lot of time alone, you know, in Michigan. Uh, so when we do, like John described, meeting Smegma, uh, that was really amazing for us because... Um, like he had described, yeah, they reinforced the idea that you could grow old and be a freak. And we are from Michigan. And sure, my parents uh, were, were hippies, or are still, you know, and I grew up in the counterculture. But at the same time, like, um, there seemed to be a, some sort of realistic cutoff point for uh, becoming, a, well, in my family's case, either a, a carpenter or a seamstress. You know, that was kind of the traditional family businesses that we had going on so the whole creative concept you know was so out there to my family <laughs> you know still even though we come from this countercultural sort of midwestern you know version of you know outsider culture you'd say i suppose be hippies rootsy right? rootsy yeah uh so yeah still to this day trying to wrap my head around if we're a band or what that means um and if other people have ideas that maybe are better than my idea of what it is, you know, and I think that's fine. Uh, it's become a bit larger, uh, and that's, that happens with just longevity, I suppose. You know, it becomes a little something bigger than yourselves after a while when you yeah. just keep at it. Um, well, Ice Cube said, what's a gang but somebody looking for a family? Ooh, that's nice. Yeah, so a band is, you know, kind of the same thing. But uh, with loud amps. <laughs> well, if you're playing in venues that bands usually play, I guess yeah. that's an easy way to well, identify. Yeah. I think that happens a lot. Um, we find ourselves in places that may be easier for other people to understand. For us, it's, it's always kind of awkward. But it, it do, we do still appreciate that simplicity of playing in a club and being a band and they have a pa system exactly there <laughs> I, I like those simple simple things you know those they don't uh stifle my idea of who we are you know like it just actually makes it a little bit more calming instead of always being hyper aware and kind of like oh what is this you know it's like a, just be a band <laughs> Wow, so let's see. What instruments do you, any of you play? I'll start with you, uh, James. Guitar is the instrument that I play and run that through various effects at any given time. It changes often. Like philosophy is usually after every tour, try some new piece of equipment, and usually we record with it. Yeah, um, we've always been an electronic band, all of us, but it's always been a acoustic element to that, uh, processed, you know, something acoustic that's processed, or a stringed instrument in James's case, right? Mm -hmm. In my case, I, I, my voice or a harmonica, you know, 
but primarily, uh, you know, processing and synthesis, you know, um, that's kind of been the, since day one, we used to build a lot of our own instruments, uh, which we still do here and there, but the reason why I build them, you know, when I started out was because I couldn't afford or didn't even, couldn't find anyone to tell me about anything that could make some other sort of sound, you know, um. So yeah, I started out with a uh, playing guitar as well, but s- someone stepped on it, <laughs> <laughs> moved on real fast. Something else. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, when I was uh, uh, um, I was skating with a bunch of dudes, and uh, skaters, uh, a trend in skaters is they really get into something. Like they're like, oh, I'll get into books. They really get into books. So like, oh, I'll get into fishing, or they really get into that. So uh, my best friend Ben. Uh, one summer when he was getting ready to go to college, he's like, I really want to get into jazz. I've never picked up an instrument in his life. He's like, I'm going to try to get in the jazz band. So he got a bass clarinet, rented it, and learned uh, Blue Monk, uh, which is a really hard song to play. Like any monk song is really hard to play. So he, he got in the band and got to be a first chair soloist literally from scratch. So uh, he was uh, working at a golf uh, course for the summer and they would have lunches for the golfers and he was like yo let's do a duo for the lunch things so for almost one whole summer i did a jazz duo with this guy this ben guy and doing uh, monk songs and, and uh, standards and stuff like that and it was really amazing i was playing drums but i got really wanted to play the horn but i couldn't afford anything like nate so I tried to get one of my rat friends to uh you know how music stores they have horns on on display i really wanted a soprano so I tried to get the gnarly student or skate crew to bum rush this the display and just grab do a grab and go, and uh, he kept getting closer. He's like, "Today I'm gonna do it. Today I'm gonna do it." So I got so impatient, I went to the thrift store and tried to make my own, or the hardware store and tried to make my own soprano out of pipes and stuff like that. And it, the guy eventually chickened out on doing the grab and go for the soprano, but I got used to the PVC homemade sound, so that was like my entry point into woodwinds. Like Nate tweaking uh, equipment and stuff like that, you know, mainly out of economic reasons. But I got used to that sound, that rattly PVC homemade uh, sound. So when I finally got horns, I tried to make them sound like that, you know, which was a sound you couldn't get anywhere else, you know. So that was my entrance point into uh, woodwinds, which is, you know, not a very, there's free thinkers in woodwinds, but to disassemble an instrument and play it in a weird way, it's, it's, completely frowned upon you know what i'm saying and the because i take lessons and stuff like that but the the academic people really don't like the misuse and 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 odd stuff done on the instrument which is funny you know well you're 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 trying to play your horn like a plastic pvc pipe (laughs) they're not down with that at all it's it's viewed as like that's funny i never thought about that that at all take it apart and put it back together differently yeah yeah it's like i mean you can make a beautiful horn out of uh, any hardware store for like two bucks. You heat up PVC with a knife and it you can just grind the fingering right there. You need no electricity at all. And it travels really good and the possibilities are endless, you know. So what you're saying, you started playing PVC. Yes, absolutely. Because I finally could not got a horn. And I didn't like You didn't like playing it because it didn't sound like your PVC. <laughs> and it's it's still like that to this day. That's hilarious. It's still like that to this day. Do you alter it somehow? Um, the real horn? The real horn, I don't, but I use a lot of... Um, Would you consider tuning, altering? Uh, uh, altering? No, no, no. Like, I used uh, 
um, I'm studying multiphonics with my teachers now, which is a you know really I, it was invented in France in the nineteen early nineteen hundreds. Like the the Bible of it, the Stephen King's it of it is really old. Um, but it, you you get that sound, and then you apply it to multiphonics. You can resource it. You can, you can uh, you can take like a chimpanzee's Shakespeare verse, and then you know give it a give it a graduate degree. Uh, so that that's where I'm kind of coming from. But I still like that sound. That's the sound I want. You know what I'm saying? Because anyone can play a C. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But to play it with your own voice, you know, like singing and all that stuff. To have it be lyrical, that's that's the challenge. Yeah. So that's the wins. Play wins. <laughs> What's your greatest hit? Oh well, we've had many, many successful, <laughs> successful songs. Many. What is our most successful masterpiece of the many? Of the many. <laughs> Well, we like one of them. One of one of the many. <laughs> Just one of the many. Black Black Vomit. Black Vomit's a big hit. Yeah. Monster. Monster hit. We don't really play that anymore though. <laughs> Why not? I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know. It's strange when it's you have such music. a large catalog. Yeah. What, what over 100 songs? songs? Wait, what did you say? It's old music. Oh, old. Right. Oh. It's old music. Stuff that no one really listens to anymore. <laughs> yeah. now it doesn't get changed. played much. Well, we like to play new music, you know? So. New to you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's strange. We do have a, quite a large catalog. Um, a lot of it's improvised too so that makes it difficult um mm. to call them hits you know but um i mean you gotta you gotta realize that like 80 percent of people who check us out don't even know we play songs yeah that is <laughs> so there's like a lot of freedom there well, you we, know the, the goal's kind of wide open we're saying 15 to 20 years right yeah so to this day, yeah, there's still people who don't really understand that we play songs, you know? <laughs> and they don't care. They love that about us. But we're always kind of like, hey, you, don't, you don't hear the difference between <laughs> yeah. this and this. Or, huh. Oh, even as they listen to you. Even they, they have no idea. They, have no, yeah. they don't call them songs. They don't know. Do they yeah. think it's one long symphony song? I, I I've, mean, heard, I've heard that before. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's what we think, too. So, I mean, it's all fair game. You know, whatever. Uh, we're communicating, you know, so <laughs> hopefully we're not boring people with our communications. <laughs> but that's, uh, that's basically, you know, uh, our hits, really good conversations. <laughs> <laughs> Lisa proves you have a brain. Well, well, you gotta hear what the conversation is about. Let's uh, let's not jump to that that conclusion yet. Do, does anyone dance at you? Um, occasionally, yeah. Oh, that's sure, good. sure. It used to be more, um, but that was because you know there was there was sort of wait. What do you mean dancing and or more like concert. thrashing? Yeah. You know, because well, yeah, there were I'm more saying. thrashers, but now I feel like there's more dancers. Yeah. I mean, oh, is we, it more had, rhythmic now? Uh, I mean, it's always been rhythmic, but it's, it's more. Been, uh, it's always been drum machine sort of yeah. clocked. So there's always been some sort of uh, beat. Yeah, some sort of metronome to keep 
keep us remembering we are actually playing music <laughs> or we are have a common goal um, besides just, you know, sometimes we just, you've noticed, we talk over each other <laughs> you know, or at the same time. So it's, well, it's, it's, it's like, uh, it's like Bo Diddley. Uh, we love Bo Diddley more than anything and his rhythms. You wouldn't necessarily, we wouldn't necessarily call it a beat. You, it's like the sound of that train. It's more of like a, a lurch, you know, a sustained, uh, a sustained vibe, you know, the same reason why we love the velvet so much. It's, mm. it's not necessarily like, like a waltz. I mean, even, even though there is odd time signature and stuff like that, it's, it's more of a, it's more of a, a shadow of a, of a song. It's like, like if Paul Bowles was doing techno, you know what I'm saying? It's like, <laughs> it's like the, the day after the hangover of a rhythm rather than an, an apparent rhythm, you know, like, mm. like garlic to a vampire or something, mm. you know? Like a forecast from someone who's too stoned and they're just making it up, you know. Do you have records out then? You do have records. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. uh, yeah, that's part of the why we have so many uh hits. Okay. <laughs> but you know, so many uh, like our catalog's really large. Okay. Just because we talk a lot, <laughs> you know, it can all be boiled down to, to that really, um, and survival, you know, um. So yeah, we have quite a lot of records, and mainly that's they're in limited amounts, you know, and they're for communicating with other people, but also uh, you know a real quick exchange of ideas, a five dollar idea. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Is it an uh, LP like vinyl? We do. Yeah, we do a, a or CD or whatever. Everything. Cassette, you name it. Late tracks, cuts. you know, flexes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wax cut. Mm-hmm. I never actually did a wax cylinder, cylinder mm-hmm. but I have a. <laughs> We've done tons of lays, you know. I love cutting records. It's good. Are they one offs if mm-hmm. you do that? Well, we do it. I've done um, direct to direct to acetate, uh, direct to vinyl, you know. And that's really interesting because I always it's, is that it, in those booths that are used to be in the sure some, very similar. Um, I have a, a machine that Olson acquired uh, back in the late '90s um, that I kind of refurbished little by little. A, a Presto two piece. When you see the uh, Arth, when you see the uh, Folkways guy, the Rush, the. Hmm. The pictures of him early on when he's with some like Native American tribe and he's got this huge two piece Presto. It's one of those machines. Wow. Yeah. It's it's portable, but it's portable in like the nineteen forties standards of portable. <laughs> <laughs> a whole entire trunk yeah. in the back seat. Yeah, it's like a Mini Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> the size of a Mini Cooper. No, no, it's exaggerated, but <laughs> it's know. big. It's you have to buy it its own seat on the plane. You probably for would example. for this thing, yeah. It's about the size of that printer back there. Uh, a little that's... bigger. Yeah, a little bigger. Okay. Yeah, that's... And like iron, it's like gnarly. Heavy. Yeah, Heavy. yeah it's definitely presto shut down for the war effort and so if that's you know they started uh manufacturing gosh i can't remember exactly what this we can remember yeah i don't remember either. they manufactured something for the army and stopped making record uh cutters for a while mm. so mm. they're fortified with their equipment wow <laughs> fortified yeah they're mm. but yes yeah, so i mean anything um, one of my, one, I always like the CD that had the record cut on on yeah, top of it. That was a good. Have one. Have you ever seen this? Oh, this is great. Like so a you, forty-five you, cut on top. Yeah, of Yeah, you take a CDR, um, and because the information for a CDR is pretty much stored in the center, very small area in the center, 
you can cut on the outer edge going in uh, a normal record, just you know, like huh. like the Presto machines, what we use, and it'll play just fine. But the more interesting is when you actually go over the uh, data that's on there with it, because it starts to well, obviously it starts to skip and do crazy stuff. Um, but so you do the data first and then the lathe cut, mm -hmm. yeah. And it sounds good because there's no surface noise at all to the. It's just interesting. This a record CD with a CD. <laughs> I we love that kind of stuff. And uh, we we did a. Uh, Etching, we were able to cut over uh, etching. Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. Turn it into a record? Yeah, mm -hmm. so it was an so etching. The plate, you mean? Mm -hmm. The metal plate? Yeah, I took the metal. Uh, no, we took the acetate. The um, reference acetate. And we uh, did an etching with uh, into it and then took it to the mastering guy and had him. I had to buy my own needle and he was really... Not too excited about this, but had him cut over uh, the drawing, so into it. And that was the only way it, that actually works then, because uh, you're making new grooves over, mm, and you go yeah. deeper than the actual scratch. So I was yeah. scratching, the etching was very shallow, and he was able to cut right through my etching, and it didn't... You could hear, you could hear the like drawing, like just a small click, and then hmm. occasionally like a... A larger thump, and as the lines got kind of cross-hatched, uh, staticky, interesting. Like that was textures. the uh, that was the Wolf Eyes. Fuck the old Miami twelve-inch. Because mm -hmm. we played a gig and they uh, they shut us down at Soundcheck. They're like, get the fuck out of here. What? Yeah. No, it's not true at all. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's hear all the versions of the story. I heard. <laughs> it's really we played a gig. Uh, and it was on a Tuesday night, and the owner of the bar wasn't expecting it to sell out. And she showed up, and she had been drinking a little, and she couldn't deal with the mass amount of people that were there, and she was supposed to be bartending. And she kind of had a nervous breakdown in the middle of it and kicked everyone out. And uh, we had to give it all the... Not all, we had to give anyone who complained their money back. And it was just really... A nightmare. Shit. We were like, you're kidding me. She was giving someone a hard time... She didn't. She wouldn't let this woman in because she had a passport and she was using her passport as her identification. She was like, "You can't use that as identification." I was like, "It was yeah." That was the last time we played there. We're like, fuck this. Where was that? Fuck the old man. Detroit. 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 Oh, Detroit. But you had yeah. played a little bit, so some people that might night? have been satisfied. Sound check. Well, no. Soundcheck. Yeah, that's the thing. We had sound check, and then um, yeah. The headlining band, really, we asked them to play before us because we had a feeling this was going to happen. And we were like, we're local, so if, if we get shut down, it's really not a big deal. But we really would like everyone to be able to see you guys, you know. And sure enough, that's what happened, you know. Got shut down. But yeah, it wasn't it. It was just kind of annoying. It was part of a series, too. We had another one. Uh, fuck had Pete fuck Larson. Pete, fuck Pete Larson. I think we did Fuck Cleveland. It was a lot. Are these yeah. the names of songs or just... The records. The records, records. yeah. Okay. <laughs> All live recordings mainly from spe specific places, you know. I mean, it's not like that we were there were bad performances or they were bad experiences. Um, it just be kind of became part of the series. <laughs> like, this is a great that live recording. Name. Yeah, right. Yeah. The, the fuck blank. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah there's a bunch. <laughs> totally. Well, there's a bunch of fuck wolf eyes ones, too. Oh. Yeah. I don't know about those. Yeah, there's a handful of those. <laughs> we 
we used to get harassed, though, speaking of anti-wolf eyes, um, what was it called? We used to get harassed by this uh, group of noise musicians, hmm. Death to False Noise, I believe is the name <laughs> of their label. Yeah, they were pretty, pretty uh, radical <laughs> in there. They weren't stoked. They weren't stoked on it. Their, their logo... For their uh, record label was a photo of us with like a circle around it with a cross there. Oh, <laughs> Death to false noise. Death to false noise. It was great. <laughs> uh, yeah. People get really uptight. I mean, music is sacred, right? So it's fine. <laughs> Funny because I, I don't even think that that's a label anymore. <laughs> it only lasted no. a couple years. <laughs> no, they, they were, yeah. Obviously they were doing something wrong if, if we were... Something they didn't like <laughs> was their main focus. <laughs> like, the future that. it does not make. <laughs> guess you got the last laugh. I guess so. I guess so. I never brought them up before. That's the first time I have. I used to, when the people would ask us about them, I'd be like, We'd be like, I don't know what it is. Like, who's that? I don't, I've never heard of that. I don't know this. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a tribute almost. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Where'd you play last night? The Peacock Lounge. Do you know this? Hate. I don't know that. Oh, yeah. Lower Hate, is it? Or no, it's just... It is Lower Hate, isn't it? It's a great club. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I liked it. Hmm. We're playing there again tonight. You guys are... If you guys feel like coming, we'll put you on the guest list. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Wait, how, when are you playing? Tonight we'll be 11. playing at 11, yeah. Hmm. Depends on this other thing, but it might be over by then. Sure, sure. Yeah, it sounds like it would be. Our, our intern is playing, well, I guess, one of her only gigs ever. You don't oh, want to miss that one. Yeah. That's an important But one. she's sitting in with some other band, I guess. Or, or is it? Playing, joining them for tonight, or maybe it will be the future. We don't know. We know nothing. Right. <laughs> but she told, I asked when she'd be playing, and she thought 8 o'clock. She. I said, find out for sure. Well, we're so playing a we bunch can... this week, too. So yeah, I'll extend the invitation for any of the gigs, you guys. Just let okay. me know. That'd All be right. great. I believe uh, tomorrow night, too, we're playing at the same venue. Is it tomorrow night, too? No, tomorrow's the uh, one right next to the Independent. Oh, yep. That's oh, right. Seismic Retrofitters. Yep. Which is this literal, literal name. That's what they do there. <laughs> I, yeah. We've passed it. And I was like, so they really do. That's just... They're seismic retrofitters. Wow, the, only in SF. A concert venue called that. No, it's it's actually or, what it, an engineering con- company. It's an engineering company. Yeah, we're just playing in the sort of the garage space. Wow, right. Yeah. <coughs> that's, that's very near. Yeah, from here too. I mean, everything's kind of near. It's not that far. Not that far. Yeah. Okay, so you have a history of outraging somebody. <laughs> now and then. <laughs> But you, also, but you also have real fans. I, I mean, our, we have another intern from a small town north of England. He says, oh, yeah, I was, yeah, I like them. I said, when did you listen to them? He said, 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And he's young. Yeah. Sure, so sure. you've gotten around somewhere to the north of England. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm pretty... Uh fairly happy with uh, how things are going <laughs> yeah it's great yeah you know but the occasional outrage that just keeps you youthful yeah. 
I mean, if uh, me and Nate talk about it all the time because we spend so much time, goddamn time together, if we were a ma- if me and Nate were a marriage, it'd be like really successful because <laughs> we travel a lot. We're really open and clear about finances. Oh yeah, that's we that's we know how to discuss problems. We communicate well as well as you know, no one's going to say that they're the ultimate communicator, but. You know, it'd be it'd be a good uh, it'd be a good uh, marriage. I, I, at a certain point, and I don't know, I guess at this point, I, I probably have absolutely slept uh, in the same bed with you than more times in your life. Oh yeah, absolutely. Right. Wives, wives. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that's true. Yeah. Well, you do what you have to do to survive traveling. I oh, mean, absolutely. Any. Any situation, you know, you get a free offer of a place to stay, but you don't really know what the situation yeah. is till you get there. That happened to me oh, in yeah. Belgium. Jeez. Like, well, you know, I mean, if, if, if you're a musician, you got to be used to waiting and used to sleeping on a floor with nothing. Yeah. You know, no matter what level you're at. Yeah. You know, we're not sleeping. Yeah, and being hungry. Those are three oh, things okay, you have to be yeah. absolutely comfortable with, and the road at night. Yeah. Stay hungry and stay tired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that like that like twilight terror twilight era where you're like kind of sleepy but kind of agitated. I, I've been living that way for like thirty years. That's true. That's like my favorite. That's Wait, my you been, consciousness. You've been playing music thirty years. Oh yeah, me and Nate. Yeah, absolutely. Well, no, we're you saying look that old, frankly. Well, yeah. I mean, we started. We started pretty early. Yeah. Good. Uh, well, you look healthy, so. Been well, good for you. You look healthy too. I'm yeah. younger though than these. I'm, I'm the eldest. <laughs> when we play with uh, Carbon, she's she's the eldest. In we the think. Band. Yeah. yeah. We have a, this. We're playing with this uh, this woman, MV Carbon. Now, um, she she plays when she can. She teaches in uh, New York, and we obviously we live in Detroit, so it's uh, hard to get together. Sure. Hmm. Carbon. Uh, that's a nice name. Yeah. MV Carbon. Yeah. NV. Yeah. NV, yeah. Like M. Oh, M. Thank M- you. Hey, thank v- you. Yeah, it's 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 uh, kind of her punk name, I guess. But her last name is Carbon. Yeah. <laughs> on uh, on the on the passport. Yeah. Yeah. Her real name. So you guys, I have to clear a uh, pr- uh, uh, a research myth that's been around Michigan for a really long time. There was a, a rumor. Yeah, yeah. There's a rumor that was going around for years that you guys were going to put out a book on Nicodemus. Oh, that's that's Jello Biafra, his fantasy. Really? Yeah, I mean, sure. If he's involved, I mean, he he's the one who he's the local person who's probably researched incredibly strange music uh-huh. more than anyone right. than me. He knows sure. more than I do. But it was discussed that there might have been a Nicodemus book. Well, he wanted he oh, wanted wow. us to. Sure. Let's put it that way. I. I yeah, Nicodemus is amazing. That's uh. What do I, you know about Nicodemus? Oh, I mean, we we've we've, uh, we've done shows with him. Ooh. Yeah, like I've met him a bunch of times. Matches. Yeah. <laughs> his brother. Matches. Uh, Sweet Kelly, his uh, his friends. Younger band. I mean, we know in Michigan he's, you know. I never met those those dudes at all, but, but uh, yeah, I've heard so many stories and grew up with these dudes playing these records, being like, "These are your weirdo neighbors." Yeah. 
Like, it's like your dad's uncle who used to sell weed probably knows all these guys. Yeah. Like, I guarantee I mean, it's it. Michigan. It's not that big. Yeah. You know? Huh. And uh, we were, you know, we grew up. Uh, with Gravitar and Gravitar Jeff from Gravitar the singer was really good friends with Nicodemus because mm. Nicodemus would come in with 40 tapes once a week and just be like put these out it'd be cool if you sell them but if there's someone cool that's buying a cool record just give them a tape and uh, like for instance some of those tapes were uh, the soundtrack of him of what you're supposed to listen to when you're in acid at a mall and it just sounds like a fan with uh, people talking on it. The tapes were amazing and they were hand colored and they were literally just given to you when you would go there. It was the only place to get them. And nowadays, since he passed, those cassettes are worth, I mean, they're not even on the market. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because they were absolutely hand done. The labels were handwritten, hand colored and they were really good stuff and he did just hundreds of them. Jeff would go party with him for the weekend he'd go there friday after work and he'd come home monday at 6 a.m and they would do hard drugs and nicodemus would pull out his tape and be like do you want to go north or south to east or west and jeff would say i want to go north to south so he would open up his box of master tapes and they would just go down the line north to south listening to them doing like really insane drugs all weekend wow just listening to nicodemus master tapes of like being on acid at a zoo or uh, him uh, just doing feedback bass solos. I mean, he was a, he was an insanely creative guy, you know. And uh, p- you know, Michigan being such a record collector culture, people were like, "Yeah, there's going to be a research book about him," and uh, but no one's verified it, you know, because it would be an amazing book, you know. Cats still don't know about him, you know. Mm. And we know a bunch of people that are are close to Meches and uh, the people around him, you know. So yeah, that's cool. God, it's funny how how Michigan has produced a, a lot of seemingly very original people like Iggy Pop and MC5 and all. I mean that early, super early punk, you know, inspiration. Mm-hmm. Those are all and, our and the peers, also, you know. <laughs> th- those are what? Those are our, our folks, you know. Your folks. Yeah, kind of. And also you had, one thing you had there that's unusual is the Ann Arbor Blues Festival in the 60s. And that, I mean, how many places have that? Not many. I mean, Berkeley, I don't know, San Francisco had one, finally. But yours was earlier than ours here. Yeah, Ann Arbor is always a little ahead for being Midwestern. Yeah, they were politically ahead, too. Absolutely, yeah. pot laws, everything back in the day. So it's strange growing University up around there. Town, yeah, because yeah. you 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 kind of I mean growing up there you would you were kind of used to things being a little progressive, and everywhere else was kind of you know not the same you know. Um, but the depressing thing is like everywhere else has kind of caught up, and now Ann Arbor is kind of falling behind in a way, you know. Uh, just in a way, just like a typical city metropolis stuff, college towns, you know, that's just what happens. Well, that uh, the, the funny story about one of those fests is that uh, Art Ensemble, the one of the... Oh, Art Ensemble of Chicago? Yeah, yeah. They, oh. One of their massive concerts was at that uh, Ann Arbor Blues and Jazz Fest, and they, they didn't have enough money to, to go back home, oh, so someone in Howell with a barn put them up, and they... Uh, 
practice. They didn't have any way to repay him, so they're like, we'll, we'll write you and perform you a piece. So for uh, two weeks, they rehearsed from the morning to night uh, this piece they wrote just for this guy. And then at the very last day, they played it for just him, and uh, he they were able to get back uh, to Chicago somehow. Mm. But that's and how they repaid pretty... the guy for uh, staying for staying there. They that's did a piece awesome. just for him that they did at the barn. They played it just once. Yeah, and Magic Sam played that uh, blues oh, fest yeah. too. So wow. it was and Sun Ra. Yeah, it was a really big Ooh, and fest. Sun Ra. And that you know all that's from John Sinclair. He he organized all that. You know, yeah. so he was a big player and and all that stuff. How many people were in the Art Institute of Chicago? At least? Four is a core member of four. Core of four. Okay. Yeah, Roscoe, uh, um, Lester Bowie, Malachi Flavors, and uh, I think they had a, a couple of rotating drummers. Drummers are always hard to. But the the first time they toured <laughs> Europe, they bought they tried to bring five hundred instruments. <laughs> <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> How would yeah. they do that? Send a I, container? They got shut down pretty fast. Yeah. Oh. That's. Well, I mean, <laughs> mind boggling. Five hundred different instruments. At this. I mean, if you do multiple, it's pretty easy. But yeah, you know, five hundred. Five hundred different instruments. It's kind of intense to think about. For a core unit of four. For a core <laughs> unit of four. Something sounds a little exaggerated. So that's a uh, hundred and thirty-three <laughs> instruments each. <laughs> <laughs> uh, something seems a little exaggerated. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's cool. Uh, I wonder I wonder what the uh I wonder why what the philosophy was in that audience members playing instruments during a set or No, I mean oh, that's just how just they have an art deck. ensemble. I mean yeah. each dude had like a, a setup, you know? Like a ridiculous junkyard setup. 133 different ridiculous junkyard That makes me wish I had seen them. I never saw them. I don't yeah. know if they came out of here. I didn't have any money back Aren't they then. still... Well, Roscoe, Roscoe teaches at a... Um, Mills? Mills, yeah. Okay. Has oh, for wow. a minute. But I mean, like, you know, also going back to research, like me and Nate were saying, like, growing up, you had the pranks book and the industrial culture book. Everyone had those. I mean, that's yeah. just... That's just underground reading 101. Big time. Those are some of the best books Thank still. You. Thank you. Oh, thanks. The the I pranks will, one will. especially. That's just <laughs> that's everyone needs to read that. You know. You go to someone's house and those would be the first two books you see because they're so easy to spot. You know. Purple and yellow. Well, I'm I'm lucky that they reached you. Oh yeah. Well, they weren't easy to get. Oh, I'm glad to yeah, hear that. Yeah. That seems real. Yeah. Judging by my sales. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. You had to buy them from uh, in Ann maybe Arbor. Maybe there was a cool record store maybe there. In Ann Arbor, yeah. There's, there were school kids. Bookbeat, wouldn't they make it to that? Bookbeat's not that old. I don't, think, uh, yeah, I don't yeah. think it was around like in the 80s. Usually my stuff way back was sold in record stores. Like it'd be the only some of the only books in the vinyl store. Wow. That was in the vinyl days before CDs. I bought it at like, sort of a punk like a uh, thrift store. Yeah. Like they'd sell hair dye and they'd have a couple couple books and magazines, you know. That makes a lot of yeah. sense to me. I mean punk record stores mm -hmm. that's where I first yeah. 
distributed, not to real bookstores even. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The the date, uh, the uh, high school date starter oh, pack oh, the- was a eraser head <laughs> by the Pranks research book. Velvets, uh, VU yeah. and Vel- Velvets and Nico hand dubbed tape and like pizza. Yeah. And if the, the lady or whoever made it through that night, you had a, you had a keeper. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Because they'd watch Eraserhead and they'd be like, oh, this is so crazy. And then you'd give them the pranks book and they'd be like, oh, it's so cool. And then you'd give them the Velvets tape and they'd be like, oh, marry me. <laughs> <laughs> but I did uh, I, I gave I did that for a lady once and I didn't realize that I had play record on so it was me singing over the velvets that I gave oh, her to oh, wow. and she's just like oh I like the velvets but you know you were singing on the whole thing I was like oh that's, that's embarrassing <laughs> that didn't that date didn't work out too well <laughs> didn't stick with her Kathy Price yeah that was a fail wow I like that uh you know what you said about keeping a band together knock on wood that is that's gotta be one of that's like that is one of the hardest things to do is to keep a band together yeah yeah especially if you're not uh, quote making money sure (laughs) you're you're probably in some way losing money or at least breaking even let's put it that way that's the thing even when you're breaking even, you're just pretending that you're not losing money. <laughs> it's really... Don't, don't, uh, don't shut down hope. <laughs> no, oh, no. Right. Without, I say without hope, you have nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's so, it's so second nature. It's so a part of our lives for so long. It's just uh, I can't imagine another way of living, you know. It's, oh, hooray. It's... it's it's what I love, you know. It's amazing. Lucky to do it, and it's fun. But I can't imagine doing something else, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Wouldn't want to. <laughs> no way. We're. Uh, I'm not very good at too many things. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just say that. <laughs> as our as our ladies let us know often. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Peter principle, I suppose. I suppose. You know, I suppose. you know, you, you rise to the level of your incompetence. So if you're not very competent in many things, you, <laughs> well, you can you, you can do woof eyes. Yeah. <laughs> that works. But there's a lot of freedom in woof eyes. Well, yeah, that's yeah. the thing. I mean, that's always been the goal. You know, yeah. is and, and that was the goal of want. punk rock. I thought. I hope so. <laughs> They're always redefining that. <laughs> I know. Thank God. Well, it depends on I who's, hope. who's doing God. the defining. Yeah. If it can be ever defined. Yeah. The freedom is, is the goal. Yeah. The freedom goal. to define it. Yeah. Is the, and the, the, well, transcend the definition, perhaps. <laughs> to yeah. continue. Yeah. <laughs> no, for sure. Uh, and uh, it all goes back to survival and s- sanity. You know, it's all part of that survival technique (laughs) survival with sanity hopefully hopefully. in spite of all the insanity survival in spite of the in spite of the insanity (laughs) but yeah my my wife will do like a uh like a three-day conference 
and like party and drink and stuff like that. Jeez. And she'll come home and she'll be wrecked for like a week and a half, like unable to do anything. And she's just like, I just don't know how you do it, man. Like, <laughs> like I'm just destroyed from like those three days. Well, a lot of the most important stuff happens at those after hours party. Oh, yeah, so yeah. you have to go. Yeah. It's like everyone says, you know, that if you want to, if you're a university system, if you want to get promoted, it's always at the faculty. It's at the luncheons yeah, or yeah. whatever parties. That's where the deals get made. Yeah. 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 And the bonds get solidified. Yeah. Yeah, yeah people, prom- and at least in a hierarchy, people promote people that they're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Not to mention like. <laughs> That's a big part of it. <laughs> probably. It's just a human the law of life forever. Who knows? Where are you staying? Oh, just over at Duckers. Yeah. yeah. Good. He's got room. Hooray. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's a perfect. Yeah. Have you been to his house? Never. Oh, it's it's beautiful. Um, mm. Victorian, right on Lower Haight. It's gorgeous. Oh, walking distance from the club, maybe? Yeah. Yep. Yes. Did he get you those gigs? Yes. Good. Yeah, yeah we worked with Good him. Good for him. From the beginning, we were like, can you help us out? We want to do we wanna some small gigs. San Francisco. Uh, in San Francisco. Are you playing Oakland, too? Mm-hmm. Good. Mm-hmm. Yep. So many people move there. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm glad we're doing a well. Everything like kind of, sort of DIY. You know, yeah, I mean, Peacock course. is definitely yeah DIY, but uh, you know, it's a normal bar. But not no, that's not a normal bar. It's like a private uh, uh, Freemason uh, club. Masonic lodge. Masonic lodge. I think that's oh, truly what it is. Yeah, mm. like opened in the '60s. Mm. Wow. Yeah. So that's really it's got a really nice vibe. It's a really good vibe. Yeah, really old building, and uh, yeah, the employees there, uh, not familiar with the music at all, but really excited to see Hang the on. place filled with people, you know. So, that oh, it really is good. good, it's a good exchange overall. How long have you guys been in this apartment? Let's not talk about it. Like I said, older than you, longer than you guys are alive, <laughs> like 40 years. Oh, wow. Cool. Let's change the topic immediately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like to the point where you probably can't move, right? Let's not even go there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm nearing that with my house. Well, wow. You guys don't tell me you have stable relationships, a wife. Uh, I've actually, yeah, life partner. Yeah, for sure. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. Sure. Well, we're Michigan That's people. Great. For a long time. Yeah. For a long time. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, we're, my, my girlfriend and I, she's an artist. So we have a really good relationship because we both realize yeah. the struggle. The, the struggle, struggle and the, the common goal, you know. And, you know, what we're always like, well, what, what, what did you think? You know, you knew, you, what did you think was going to happen? It's like, of course this is what we're doing, you know. During the hard times and also during the great times, we we're surprised that everything's going well and we're happy. Like, oh, wow. The bottom line is the rent's getting paid. Yeah, slowly but surely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's always a struggle every it's time. Always a struggle. Yeah. I wouldn't have it any other way though. What else would I do with my time if I wasn't struggling? You know. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's like, uh, I mean it's yeah, it's a great life, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope. I hope uh, I, I say that uh, tomorrow, too. Yeah, I just knocked on wood. I know, I'm so paranoid and superstitious. Day to day, day to yeah. day. I, mean, I don't, I know. I always said, say the, 
the god of or is it goddess or is it is it um owl or some bird of hubris is always perched on my left shoulder. Yeah. That's how you want to live though. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy life. Wow. So yeah, so everyone should come see because you dare to sort of improv, do what you want and 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 um oh yeah. Well, it's it's change. The, change, yeah. It's the improv and do what you want. It's a it's a bit of a loaded term because we you know we mm. we're very disciplined in what we do and the instruments and the the playing and stuff like that. You know, there's there's a lot of uh, a lot of discipline involved. Hooray! You know, in, in the creation and stuff like that. So it's it's not as uh, anything goes as it would seem. Even though it is anything goes, it's. It's from a, a spot of uh, practice and criticism and, you know. Well, it's, it's, it's a self-taught system, I, I would think, uh, for myself, for sure. For me, too. So I think that kind of um, makes it so... It can look, even, look and uh, feel to us effortless, you know, Um but we know when we're doing well and when we're not. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know anyone else can tell, but I know. It's a good relationship when you when someone's like, "Yeah, man, you're playing too much," or like, "I don't like the way that sounds." I or mean, that's your tuners. That's, yeah, yeah, that's good. that's a healthy relationship. You know, that's what you want to be in, man. You know, I love it. I I, got, I don't take offense to that at all. I think it's great. You know, but the discipline aspect is. Was definitely um, kind of shrouded in in mystery because it, it is so self-taught. Like I would be hard pressed to tell you uh, the last time I was so frustrated with my plane that I had to take a break and go outside and just you know take some deep breaths. <sighs> like I. I only guess I ever really have. Yeah, it's great. So like, the discipline aspect is definitely a mystery, in it, but it's there. It's there. Is it like improv within boundaries, sort of? Or? Sure, exactly. Preconceived improvisation. It's like, you know, maybe that texture. It's like getting dressed in the morning. That color looks good with that color. It's like painting. Plus, yeah. most yeah. instruments come to a like pitch standard, anyways. Yeah. You know, and that's, no matter what you do with it, it's. It's like if it doesn't come pitch. out sounding the same twice. It's, it's like drawing like, a map on a napkin. You know, you'll get there, and it's it. The, you know, you need a map, but at the same time, it's like, oh, let's just, just do it on a napkin. Yeah. What's communication? You're going back to that. I mean, yeah. It's the the word. You know, the vernacular comes into play, um, our vernacular. But um, yeah, more and more, we used to say it was very Michigan based. Oh. You know, but I don't believe that anymore. So. <laughs> well, what what would that mean, Michigan based? I mean, you have a whole heritage there. Of, well, of it's like an accent. Some so. radical stuff getting done, and stuff doesn't get done without some organization. I suppose, yeah, but it's easier to organize nowadays with like the internet age. So it kind of gets spread thin a little bit. Maybe there's just more people aware of uh, Michigan and the influence. Well, Michigan hasn't changed. Um, Detroit may be a little larger, not larger, but at this point in time versus 10 years ago, there's a, a bit more people there, just a little bit. Even though GM, all the car money left. Oh, that was yeah, years and years and years ago. Yeah, it's, it's, because 
But now they're having a revitalization. It's in the press, Detroit. Yeah, I've read about it. Yeah. We, we know people who bought houses there sure. for, who live here because they can afford to buy a house. Yeah. Even yeah. They, they still live here, a guy several blocks away. And also, um, oh, God, wait, I'm sorry, I lost okay. my train of thought. That's embarrassing. Um, hey, it happens to us all the time. <laughs> <laughs> We were talking about improv. Oh, I know. Movies have been made there that we saw, like that vampire movie. Mm-hmm. That they, for the budget reason, right. they went to Detroit to make it. That mm-hmm. Jim Jarmusch film. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, he's in uh, town right now, actually. Oh, he is. Yeah. And Doing other people. Show. Oh, Brian. I mean, that Ryan Gosling was in Detroit. I think wasn't he making a film when I. Oh, right, right, right. He ordered a whole bunch of my pranks books for to give to his... Oh, really? Really? Yeah. Wow. What movie, I wonder? Not the new Blade Runner. It was several years <laughs> ago. Ryan Gosling. Yeah. yeah, I didn't... Yeah. yeah. The person who my wife called the most beautiful man that has ever graced the earth. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. We wow. just We just saw Blade Runner, but, but we're, we got tickets. We bit the bullet and got the 20-buck tickets to see it. This is coming Sunday at three thirty. Okay. Because this time we want to see it in IMAX. Uh, I've, I've never really seen IMAX. Maybe, it's pretty intense. Yeah. But they the reason we want to see it better is because someone said the image is better and the sound is better. Hmm. Well, it's filmed for IMAX too. It's not one of those uh, ones they do. With no, after this the is fact. the old. This is a new Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Yeah, no, no, yeah, right. That's what uh. Like some three D films, I, I don't really like three D films so much. Um, I don't I've like wearing the glasses. I've hardly gone. I think I went mm. once, but it yeah, because I wear glasses. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. but I did see. I saw oh, Prometheus. Well, Ghost in the Shell was filmed actually for three D, um, and that was it was apparent and it was really Ghost interesting. Ghost in the Shell. Mm-hmm. I don't know that film. It's like an old know. anime. Wow. Uh, they made into a film recently. But, you know, not the best film, but the 3D was actually intriguing and really well done. Like, you know. Oh, that's Japanese. Maybe mm-hmm. they got it down over there. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> they tried harder. <laughs> I like the new Blade Runner. That was good. Oh, I liked it so much. I, I'm willing to see, You're it, gonna see again. it again. Yeah. Did you like the original? Oh, of course. Are you kidding? Everyone did when it came out. When was that? A million years ago. Did people like it when it came out? Yes. It was bizarre. I didn't know. In our group of people, everyone saw it. But in the artists... The punk scene. In the punks, they were all into it. But was it it a box office success? I remember. It was a bit bizarre. I thought it was, but what do I know? Yeah, no. It's like this one's not a box office success. but it's It's no. But it's super. Uh, it's it's getting it's critically acclaimed. Like everyone's like, this is a great film. But it's a total like not doing well. Box office. Oh no! Yeah. Shoot. Compared to what it costs. Probably. Exactly. Yeah, oh, we're talking like that sucks. Yeah. Everyone should see that film. Yeah, a lot of people were on the fence. I just you know I liked it, but I also didn't see any reason to be so harsh on it. But everyone else was like, Oh really? I missed yeah. all that. Critical. Did you uh, Did you guys watch uh, Twin Peaks? The new no. You didn't get Not to the, the new, new one. one. Well, yeah. we're we're gearing up to 
what what is we're that? Not tuned into well, we're not tuned sure. into We're not super computer here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we need the, what do you have, it? Netflix or something? You need I don't that know. It's on, it? what is it on? It's on uh, sure. Amazon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Twin Peaks. Uh, yeah, is it I don't Amazon? Know. Showtime, I think, maybe. One of the big ones. It's a CBS show, or ABC show, something like that. Oh, really. so it could be broadcast. I don't think it is, but it is on a major network like that. I remember it's on Showtime, I thought. That's a major network, right? But I don't know. I can't remember. We have to go to some younger friend's house. Because everyone we know, all these younger people we know have seen it. You should have your intern set set you up. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be real curious what you guys thought about. Oh, yeah. We should do that. That's a good idea. We never... No, usually they're doing more critical things like, Mm -hmm. hey... What's this weird thing that popped up on our website every time I try and see if we got an order? You know, get rid of it. <laughs> That's what he fixed yesterday. I mean, he, we don't we don't get to see our intern that much mm-hmm. once every couple of weeks. The one who knows. So they got about the burger. You. They got the Burger King ads off your uh, website. All right, the pop up. <laughs> yeah, flaming hot Whopper. Want a Every prank? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> stomach prank. Fire Whopper. <laughs> Jeez. That's yeah, right. Jim. Jim tried to order pranks, and it was like, dude, it was just like a bunch of like Arby's coupons, like pop ups, <laughs> like Jamocha shaking way to your pranks. <laughs> So, um, <laughs> so you guys are, or you're certainly tech enough to be able to get t- Twin Peaks. I guess everyone is now. We're pretty techy. Or else people just pay the price, you know. They oh, you have to join the different networks. Mm-hmm. That way you do. Which we're too economical to do. Sure. Yeah, we're not, we're just have never done it yet. Once we do it once, I guess then it'll be easier. I Careful. try to find the freest source. Yeah, well, that, that's our language. Yep. He knows our Free. language. Yeah. Free. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, I, I illegally download stuff. Oh, well, if you can get away with it, fine. I got a VPN now. It's great. I don't even know what that means. Hides my address from uh, oh, good. everyone. Virtual good. private network. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay. I love it. Oh wow, that's freedom. That's how uh, students, uh, high school students, talk to each other in school. They set up private networks, and that's how they communicate with each other. Because the the school shuts down stuff, so you can't uh, communicate and stuff like that. So all the students nowadays they set up their own VPNs to each other. Wow. Yeah, it's super teched out. Like wow. high school kids today are like intense on tech stuff. Because it gives them what they want. Free, yeah. Free. Well, I mean, you know, any kid will find a way around something, you know, especially a high schooler. Hey, there's hope, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Digital hope. <laughs> Digital hope. Yeah. The new George Clooney movie. Digi hope. <laughs> Digi hope. <laughs> Digi hope. <laughs> wow. Wow, so you're. Okay, you set up your own tour here. Well, sort of. Sort of. It's not really. Of. Tour. We're looking at more a of a trip. residency. A trip. Oh, resident. I like yeah. that word. We're trying to. We're what flexing it. We're flexing. I like that word. Yeah. What, what does that, that what mean? What does it mean? I've only started <laughs> it's like, hearing that word a lot. We're, we're, we're residents. We're residents. It's like the old jazz style. You would roll into a city and fill up as much time as you can with yeah. gigs. You know. 
Yeah. Play with people, play with different people. You just kind of haunt the area for a little bit and see what happens, you know? Shake it for gold. Just shake it. <laughs> shake it. Put it in the river, just shake it up. It's uh it's closer to what we what we what we kind of started off doing, uh which is more like I think what we want to be doing now. Uh traveling to Cities, spending more time with our friends, meeting new people, um, being able to actually uh, <coughs> be human instead of this this entertainment, you know, beer circus sales. show. Yeah, playing for you know the soundtrack for beer sales versus you know um, the soundtracks of our lives. Yeah, you know? <laughs> so it's funny. It's like Red Dog, Tall Boys versus Eric Dolphy. You know, I don't know what you just I don't said. Red <laughs> yeah, what is a red dog tall boy? God, that's some Lansing or young stuff girl. Red dog tall boy. What? He means, that's uh, got to be a beer. He means Red Bull versus vodka. Red yeah. Bull versus um, red stripe. What's red stripe? Uh, beer, Jamaican beer. You know, yeah. red stripe. Oh, no, I, I you don't know. It. It's not that good. Oh, well. <laughs> it's terrible. Neither is Red Bull. <laughs> well, Red Bull, I've read about. I've oh, ne- never heard of Because there's a huge success story from Vienna or somewhere, right? Right from Austria. Austria. Yeah. Like it just brought in tons of money to the country of Austria. Sure. The- Inventing some sort of hyper Coca Cola, I guess. Oh. I mean, something that gives you energy and it really took off. I've never had one. By the way, I don't, I try and stay away from all corporate products. Oh, of course. Good luck with that. So the flavor of Red Bull um, is very medicine-y. You know, it tastes oh, like like chalky. Right? Tastes yeah. gross. Like, but it's so doesn't popular. it have taurine in it? But the reason it tastes like this uh, is because when they were studying, uh, when people were testing it, and you know the taste testers, they didn't believe it actually was doing anything to them unless it tasted like medicine they're like i don't That's really interesting they're like it just if it just tastes uh like water or a neutral flavor it i don't feel like it's going to give me wings or you know <laughs> <laughs> true well i think everyone needs more energy now or something they're, something they're, i think they're all exhausted from too much information coming yeah. out of them and, Mentally taxed. But, I mean, you, your choices oh, yeah. are either fight it or jump in the stream. <laughs> and jumping in the stream is kind of nice. Mm, I don't know. I, more and more, the people who have invented this from your city <laughs> are saying it's this is a toxic thing we've made for the everyone, and it's highly addictive. Oh, I don't actually use it. I mean, this is the, you know, what I've read about a lot of Silicon Valley. Like, I don't let my kids use it. I stay away <laughs> from it. Because we understand it's a dangerous thing that we made. It's 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 all consuming, and like you see it, you know that's exactly it's toxic the stream. physically or toxic. Highly addictive. Addictive. Mm. Therefore, therefore toxic. Yeah. It's, it's, it's physically addictive too. Totally. Oh yeah, big time. So it's, that's, it's a that's dangerous the secret thing. of Silicon Valley. They're <laughs> trying to invent everything and make it addictive. That's exactly. I mean, they did a too well. They did a job. Their job too well. Well, dude, man, like I live We're right by a college campus. That. I live right on a MSU. Shoe, and I don't know when the last time you guys been to a college campus, but it's uh-uh. it's literally wow. just people looking at their phones. Yeah, it's insane. Well, now they're giving tickets for people uh, 
who are, it's called distracted walking. Yeah. If you are walking down the street, staring at your phone, you can get a ticket for that. On your bike. They do it on their bikes, mopeds. In Michigan. Everywhere. It's a it's a landmark case that just uh, got dropped, or landmark law. It just uh, came to terms Fed? a couple of days ago. Federal? I, I, I'm not sure. Yeah, see, I've never heard of it here. Just, not yet. Someone wow. just got their first ticket. Wow. <laughs> I like it. It was Jim. Good idea. Yeah, it was 20 bucks. But it is a great yeah. idea. It was 20 digibucks. I had to pay a pound. Digibucks. It's kind of like jaywalking, but it's... Uh, worse. Worse. Yeah, way worse. And the campuses, it's just insane there. It's it's like zombies, you know? It's zombies. crazy. Wow. Yeah. Where were we recently when we noticed people weren't on their phones? Remember we, were, we looked around and we were like, oh, New York. That seems we impossible. Were, yeah, we were on the <laughs> subway and stuff. I actually I, noticed that last night. Really? Oh, we were on, on a subway. And everyone was a lot of just people of color. talking. Because they, they couldn't get the signal evening. on the subway. Oh, that's it. They couldn't get signal. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. That's yeah. why. But even on the streets, it didn't seem like as many people were like yeah, as here. I heard there's going to be a, you gotta pay a backlash, a blowback from yeah. the tech. There's going to be... And I've seen it with my nephew. He's a millennial. And he's... He's uh, gone on and off where he'll have an iPhone and be like, no, I hate this. You know, I don't want this. And, you know. Yeah, there's a, yeah, I guess I, we know a few young people and they're proud of having a, a free iPhone. Exactly. <laughs> but, exactly. I mean, people have Not said, many. people have uh, uh, shown, uh, when people complained about the newspapers, it, it was like almost the exact same complaints. When newspapers were uh, popping off, everybody was walking. Everybody was walking with newspapers. Oh. It was taking up the time. It was exactly like the same. Fifty years yeah. ago, huh? Yeah, reinventing the wheel. Yep. Hmm. Not, I mean, sort of reinventing the flat tire. Yeah, that's what <laughs> yeah. I get. Reinventing. <laughs> I think the George car about, with only three wheels that drives in a circle. Reading about current <laughs> events. And I don't know. Yeah, I guess you know you just have to trust your. Uh, well, it was it was Maine. Or you don't. It was it was from a point of being detached from society. Like all these people are wrapped up in the newspapers. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's still like uh, it's definitely apples and oranges there, Johnny. I think. I mean, social social network. Well, they call it social media. Social media, especially. Yeah. It's just, I don't know, it seems like apples and oranges. Social media is... I mean, God, that's really crazy, though, right? On this topic, that Twitter and Facebook are up um, in the Supreme Court... Uh, having for to, campaign stuff. Yeah, for um, helping swing the elections with yeah. fake news. And having to like stand up for that and be like, yeah, we don't know exactly how this is happening, but we know it's happening. And it's it's insane. Right now. It's really... So, yeah... I don't know. So in that regard, yeah, I guess you're right. Newspapers versus social networks, very much the same. So you kind of do the swinging campaigns. It's <laughs> kind of crazy to think about. Well, and their responsibility for the election. You know, it's, it's so powerful, you know? Yeah. Disturbing. It is very disturbing. Where do you go from here? Yeah. So should we... Are we, should we wrap up the podcast? Yeah, we wrapped. 
How we... Well, well, we predicted that you predicted the future or the future now or something. <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you got us going on something. I, it's, I where didn't. do we go next? Like well, it's one of those, that we're in one of those things. Digital. What's the next book? research book? No, let's not talk about that. Let's talk about the fact that you guys are occupying they, they, this horrible word, meat space, spelled M-E-A-T. Meat well, space. Yeah, like you... As opposed to cyberspace. Exactly. Right. So, you know, we're all hoping real humans come in the same room with you. Well, sure. You know, so so that the expenses get paid. And, yeah. You know, and the fun gets had, or let's reverse that in priority. Fun. And, uh, um... Yeah, and you came all the way, all twenty five hundred miles or something. So, meat that, space. The, the, yeah, that deserves some respect. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, it was, just, it was what we want to be doing, you know. Um, it's, it's it's strange how we how we have to function nowadays with uh, with social networking and all that. The meat space, like you're talking about. Um, we spent months, months preparing for this meat space. <laughs> yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. And it's interesting. Uh, like, we got here last night, and we are like, oh, this is actually happening. And because we spent so much time preparing in cyberspace, it did not feel, like, totally real. Was like, this, this <laughs> Until we were in the, in the patio last night. Even in the middle of the set, I'm still kind of like, wow, wow. Yeah, <laughs> actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is working, you know? <laughs> This is live. This is live. <laughs> right. And there's a lot to do because we, we, you know, did uh, the booking with Decker, uh, you know, all ourselves. So it's uh, it's especially interesting for us, I suppose. This trip, it's, it's proof that we do exist. <laughs> you know, that yeah. we did spend time do making something in cyberspace and here it is actually in reality like working well it was a good uh it was a good sign of communication and i think nowadays it's really good to have uh grasp on actually communicating rather than meet space (laughs) bumping into each other like like tron you know what i'm saying No, I'm not sure I followed that, but yeah, I, I don't know what to, Tron I think was. We all know what he meant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we kind of know what he meant. We don't know what Tron was, but it was a movie, I guess. It's probably a super important movie we missed. No, no, not really. Tron? Yeah. Oh, you don't know Tron? No. Well, it was an old video game. Oh, it's a game. Remember the yeah. old video game? And they made a movie out of it. Oh, well, they made a really uh, like a real stylized oh. neon movie. Disney made a film. Uh, oh wow, that's backwards, isn't it? It is. <laughs> but the Disney film was was not half bad. It was it was interesting. Oh. Yeah. Okay. And kind of dealing with some of the stuff we're talking about, like you know, um, had to deal with the 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 being a part of the network, uh, being a rogue program and all these sort of rebellious things within this system you know that's trying mm-hmm. so it's 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 about what is it it's you go into the internet but it wasn't called the internet then it was called something else you uploaded to the net i think it was yeah. just called the net or the consciousness or something i think it was the net pretty sure mm-hmm. or the grid you had to get on the grid i think maybe the grid getting on the grid i think was the uh ch- the 
like course in the net. In the net? Yeah. That was really interesting. But early uh, cyberpunk, not early at all, really, but, you know, 80s. (laughs) Yeah. But I guess that is kind of early for for cyberpunk. And when was like mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff coming? Yeah, out? William when, Gibson when was kind of the Neuromancer come out. Exactly, eighty seven. Eighty seven. Oh, yeah. you got to memorize good. So I guess Tron would be kind of early. Or it would be proto cyberpunk. <laughs> Disney cyberpunk. <laughs> mm. Proto cyberpunk. Hmm. But it's all about conformity and whatnot, and working with the system and or against the system. Um, so yeah, what John said earlier, more and more is making sense <laughs> with the Tron aspect. <laughs> I'm lost without this guy. <laughs> you guys, Can't communicate at you all. You guys man. are a good team. You just have to kind of understand. My wife sees the same thing. Yeah. But she just tells me to shut up. <laughs> I always let him finish everything and then wait for everyone to be like, see if anybody else <laughs> noticed what he said was like not quite right. <laughs> right. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Oh, Wolf Eyes. It is kind of a great name, isn't it? Wolf uh, Eyes. Thank you. You know, we named that um, because it was uh, because there was so much merchandise already. Really? <laughs> Paul oh, Winter. Yeah. I don't know who Paul Winter is. Well, it's a uh, you know, there's a lot of recordings of uh, Wolf Howls. And Robert Redford uh, did a really interesting one. That was a huge influence, um, but the actual name Wolf Eyes is uh, comes from um, Paul Winter record. Oh. Yeah, just not a, not a very good record, <laughs> but but the story goes like one day I was digging in the trash as I would do a lot when I was a young teen, you know, skateboarding around digging in trash, and I found a answering machine tape and a cassette tape of. Uh, of uh, Robert Redford, uh, what it wasn't called Wolf Eyes, it was Robert Redford, the, the, the voices of the wolves. Like that. Anyways, I went home and made a tape loop of the Howling Wolves and then continued to layer it. And so as Wolf Eyes was born, and I happened to have a Robert or Paul Winter record as well called Wolf Eyes. And I was like, well, what am I going to call this wolf tape? Wolf Eyes. <laughs> I think the Robert Redford one's called like Call the Wild or something Call the like Wolves that. or something like that. They pressed a million of them. They're it's not really, rare. Really, no, it's a really great record. The, the first... This really is cute. The first uh, track on the tape I made was the first sound of a wolf cub ever made, as from the record. And it truly sounds like uh, like some of his saxophone playing, you know? So like, oh! No, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> the first noise is... The, very first sound a wolf cub ever made. Yeah. Yeah. It's all like squeaky and. Oh, cute. Sounds like hyperventilating. <laughs> sounds like someone has a, a flute uh, mouthpiece on a saxophone. <laughs> Tuned to 340. Like, how does that even work? <laughs> Back to the plumbing pipes here. Yeah. 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 It's a full circle. It's full circle. Now that. Makes more sense. The plumbing pipes. Ah, yeah. see? There you go. Yeah, d- yep. There you go. <laughs> Gotta Finally. let it sit. <laughs> yeah, the psycho is complete. Right. <laughs> well, okay, I guess we've, we're nearing the end of this podcast, and you can give the outro, Marion Wallace. Well, thank you very much for listening to us speaking with Wolf Eyes. 
here at Research Conversations Podcast.